the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show with a special guest host. He's brunette, five foot eight, two hundred pounds of cheese curds in khakis. Here he is, DJ Carrot Sticks. Yes, indeedy. This is Todd James, aka DJ Carrot Sticks, filling in. For Andrea K, you know, those are small shoes to fill. Actually, they're big shoes, but she wears smaller shoes than me. But I'm not doing it alone. You can call 888-344-1170. And the man that will be answering your calls and running the board tonight is the one and only DJ Potato Skins. He's six foot tall, 179 pounds in very nice pants, and the world's biggest Dodger fan. Oh. He's DJ Potato Skins. out. I don't know if you're the, the biggest Dodger fan because Tommy Lasorda is a little bigger than you. That's very true. He's got a couple of a couple of pounds on me for sure. Well, well, we do want you to call in. The question I have for the listeners today is what what is creating this divisiveness between us politically? Because I think that's at the core of this whole impeachment thing. And it's all week, actually for the last three years, it's been impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. On the lips of the Dems. It's never stopped. It never has. And I think the main thing that's causing this is is the fact that, you know, we are divided politically. And one thing that I, you know, me, I was thinking about this and we don't have, we, we only have a two-party system. There's been a few independents that have come here and there. And if anything, they've been close to a Democrat or close to a Republican and they've, you know, stolen votes from them. But I started to think... What if America only had two football teams or two baseball teams and they were constantly playing each other? Could you imagine what that would look like as far as like the before the games or in the stands? If you only had one team to choose for and the other team was automatically considered your, you know, your um, nemesis or, you know, so that's kind of what had I was thinking and conjuring up thinking, you know, we only have. The Republicans and the Democrat to really to really represent us, and more and more people have said in polls recently that they don't think they don't think the you know Democrats or the Republicans are doing a good job representing them. And there's no other choice for people to look at. And that's the that's the sad part. I know a lot of people that voted for Gary Johnson not because they didn't know anything about him, but they just thought, oh well, maybe this vote will show we need more of a third party. Mm. But you know, it's it's you know somebody tried to warn us. A long time ago, and it wasn't Notre Dame, it was our forefathers that actually warned us about this two-party system. Um, and here's what they had to say. John Adams said, There is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the Republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader and concerning measures in opposition to each other. This, in my humble apprehension, is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our Constitution. And George Washington was quoted as saying, It serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another. 
foments occasionally riot and insurrection. It opens the door to foreign influences and corruption, which find a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of parties' passions. Thus, the policy and the will of one country are subjected to the policy and will of another. There, there you have it. George Washington, almost 200 years ago, that was his, his farewell speech. He, he was warning us of, the, of having so much power in these two parties. And that's, to me, that's what the Dems are all concerned about, is keeping and retaining power. If, the, if they were up to the Dems, Todd, I think they would even, they'd be okay with just having the Democrat Party and that would be it. I, I agree. And that's, you know, kind of like fascism. They only want one ideology, one thought. As soon as Trump got elected, the day he was elected, they started thinking of impeachment, probably even before when he was running, trying to dig up dirt on him. So, you know, how could you have the best interest of the of the man that you're spo- man and men and women you're supposed to represent when all you're thinking about is taking out the other guy? I think I heard on Gorka, I, I, it was very uh, poignant. They were talking about, you know, they're trying to impeach Trump. Uh, unfortunately, there's no grounds on which they're really trying to impeach him on. It's just because they don't like him and because they lost the election. If for whatever reason, and it's not going to happen, if he is convicted and he is removed from office, now you've set a precedent for either party to say, you know what? I don't like you. Let's impeach yourself. Let's impeach this guy. And how long, how long is Nancy Pelosi going to hold the articles of impeachment? Yeah, exactly. I mean, is is there any limit there? Um, I mean, Mitch McConnell, does he have to accept them? Uh, can he just say, no, you know, I'm not going to take those. It's been too long. He's not impeached. And I love it. Did you get any joy out of it the day after seeing all the Facebook memes that people really thought like Trump was out of office that day? I had a lot of people actually question me. They're like, Noah, he's he's gone, right? And I'm like, no, it's not how the process works. A lot of people think impeachment means that you, you're removed from office right away. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I took some joy out of that because I couldn't wait for other people. I didn't school him. I was waiting for other people to drop the bomb on him. That, nope, goes to the Senate. And now I'm thinking, Senate, save us. Please, please save us. But it's just ridiculous that, you know, there's uh, for three years, what have these politicians been doing? These Dems that are supposed to be doing work for the people when they're working 24-7 on impeaching our president. And that's where I think the president, I mean, it just shows the class. Uh, Yeah, he opens his mouth maybe without thinking sometimes. I kind of like that, but that's just me. But if you look at him, all this impeachment process is going on, Todd. And what does he do? He just continues to do his job. And he's doing a good job. Doing a very good job of it. Great job. And, you know, it it also comes back on all the people that wrote things on Facebook and all their social media about him being impeached. All of a sudden, these there's such self-righteousness out there. All these people who, you know, oh, he did this and he did that. I wish they would just take a step back and look at their life and, and some things, some choices that they made that weren't the best. Mm. But all of a sudden, they're they're holier than thou. And, oh, he, you know, he should never be talking to a foreign country and this and that. And, and they... They're, they're self-righteous. They think that they've done no wrong. The Trump is the ultimate evil. And honestly, there was somebody doing wrong things over in another country, and he wanted it investigated. He wanted Hillary investigated. He wanted Biden investigated. You know, was Hillary selling uranium to the Russians? You know, was Biden, you know, doing corrupt stuff with his son? Oh, who cares about that? 
We just want the, the president impeached. I always look at it like this. If you're looking for the perfect candidate and you're never going to find him. So, you know, if you're a Democrat and you see a Republican get elected or if you're or vice versa, the only perfect candidate any of us are ever going to get is if we elect Jesus Christ. Then you would have the perfect candidate. But other than that, Dennis Prager said it, you know, just go for who re- relates best to your values. And that should be good enough. And then even... After that, if you didn't get Obama, I tried to give him chance after chance after chance. Uh, did I like the guy? No, but he's my president, and I respect that. Well, you can see uh, the pushback Tulsi Gabbard got from just uh, she didn't vote. She she did a present on to impeach or not. She didn't vote one way or another, mm-hmm. and she was attacked by her own party just viciously because she didn't go you know toe the line, and so it just you know. And that's the way it is in America, it seems like. People are just mainly concerned with what's behind the name. Is yep. it RRD? You know, who cares about their policies? Who cares about what they did? Oh, that's my guy. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of, of the segment about if we only had two teams in football to root for here in America. You know, if the other team was doing steroids and they were, you know, doing like a Bill Belichick and videotaping the plays and stuff, they wouldn't care. They would, you know, point at the other team and go, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. And and it's it's sad because we're never going to advance and we're never going to get past this, you know, dissent that we have from, you know, just being able to have civil discourse and debate and have, you know, even our free speech. Uh, one thing that I always thought about, Todd, and you know, maybe it's something that, you know, could never be done, probably not, but it would solve a lot of problems, is how about you have people run on American ideals? You have them run on their ideas. Do they really need, at the end of the day, do you really need to have a political party with a letter next to your name? Yeah, I, I agree. And it's it's too bad because that we only have these two parties. It kind of reminds me when I was a little kid and my mom, you know, those variety packs of cereal, the little yeah. tiny ones. Uh-huh. And there was like 12 of them. There were corn pops and sugar smacks and fruit loops and there's all kinds. But my mom would reach up into the cupboard and she'd pull out two of the cereals. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how cool is this? I get to choose my cereal. But meanwhile, there's 10 other cereal boxes up there. And that's uh-huh. kind of how I feel. Yeah. They're saying freedom of choice, but from these two things. And it's the powers that be that want to stay in power. And, you know, and I think Donald Trump is the closest thing we've had to a third party candidate. Oh, sure. Ran, ran as a Republican because he's not part of the swamp. He doesn't need to make deals with other people and, and uh, lobbyists and whatnot. He has enough money and he's got his own buddies that have a lot of power that he can call on for favors. And then at the end of the day, but you look at him and you see some Republicans that are against him because he doesn't operate like a typical politician. He's more of an independent with the same values as what you would call Republican principles. Yeah, he is a statesman. He's doing it for the people. You know, he's not taking a salary. I agree. I mean, he could have just sat at home and done nothing and sit on top of his packs, uh, piles of money. I know we got to go to break, Todd, but I, I'll say this and then let you close it out. I really think at the end of the day, uh, it's been a long time coming. He is the first presidential candidate and or elected official in pr- the president seat that I think has given a 1,000% I legitimately care. This isn't about politics. This is about fixing this country. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And more power to him. Hope he keeps it going and 
Uh, hope he wins election in 2020. I think he will. If anything, I think this impeachment thing is going to backfire on the Dems. Well, this is Todd James filling in for Andrea K on the Andrea K Show. We invite you to call in with your question or comments at one 1170 Coming up in the next segment, how is the women in power movement ruining movies? Stay tuned. Follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You don't know what you don't know. Your assets don't have to be paid off to need an estate plan. Andrea K here. Recently recognized top San Diego attorney Rod Hatley is honest, fair, caring, and has helped so many of my friends. It's in Rod's heart to help others avoid what he experienced firsthand, a costly, devastating seven-year probate after his father's death. Don't let your assets, paid off or not, go to probate. For your free consultation, contact Rod through his website, HatleyLawGroup.com. That's H-A-T-L-E-Y LawGroup.com. HatleyLawGroup.com. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Purchase your copy of Facing Reality in American Education today at Amazon.com. Hello, I'm Gareth Blumenthal, Mercedes-Benz of Temecula. For over 26 years, I've helped thousands purchase their dream Mercedes-Benz, and I couldn't be more appreciative. Contrary to what you might have heard, I have not retired or left the country. In fact, after five years of building Mercedes-Benz of Temecula, I now own the dealership. During Mercedes-Benz winter event, get an incredible low 1.99% finance rate on nearly every pre-owned Mercedes-Benz, plus an additional one-year warranty with unlimited mileage. Click mbtemecula.com for details. Happy holidays! Mercedes-Benz of Temecula. This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. House Democrats were somber, prayerful, and reluctant about impeachment, or so they say. But on December 6, 2017, 58 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's criticism of NFL players who knelt during the national anthem. And on January 19, 2018, 66 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's use of coarse language to describe underdeveloped countries. Then, on July 17, 2019, 95 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's insulting statements about the squad. This says nothing of Representative Al Green's demand Trump be impeached over his quote-unquote racism and Representative AOC's contention that Trump should be impeached over the citizenship question the Department of Commerce attempted to put on the 2020 census questionnaire. Yet we're supposed to believe the House Democratic Caucus is comprised of reasonable people who take their constitutional oath seriously. Democrats in the House have been thirsting for impeachment since Inauguration Day. I'm Dan Proff. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree. Join us at SeaWorld's Christmas Celebration now through January 5th. Experience over 1 million lights and all new shows and attractions like the Sesame Street Christmas Village, the Winter Wonderland on Ice Show, and Cirque Christmas Show. SeaWorld is making spirits bright this season with Christmas celebration events happening now through January 5th. Enter to win tickets to SeaWorld's Christmas Celebration by visiting TheAnswerSanDiego.com or tap the Answer San Diego app for your chance to win tickets to SeaWorld's Christmas Celebration. If you're 
living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping, and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. No, this is not dynamite in a dress. This is uh, gunpowder and jeans or... <laughs> Gunpowder and denim. But this is Todd James, a.k.a. DJ Carrot 6, filling in for Andrea K., who's out on assignment. And I wanted to talk about how women empowerment is ru- ruining Hollywood. But before we do that, I want to get to a caller. We've got Edward from Santa Clara that wants to talk about impeachment. Hello, Edward. Hello. I just want to uh, say that uh, the only reason why they're going through this impeachment is because they know Trump wants to uh, drain the swamp. He wants to stop corruption. And I think... Uh, uh, President Trump should make an executive order that uh, uh, the next election you are required to have a USA passport if you want to vote. No uh, more George Soros voting machines, just paper ballot, because uh, uh, there's just too much voter fraud going on. And I think uh, they're going to definitely uh, uh, use voter fraud again for this next election. So uh, I think Edward, we're having a little bit of a hard time hearing you. It's a little muffled. Um Okay, um, better, yeah. see, uh, is that better now? Yeah, and so you're oh, saying okay, you think yeah, of the so next election that they should show a, a passport. USA passport, yeah, in order to vote, and it should be paper ballot because uh, these voting machines, uh, there's you know been uh, questions about those voting machines in the past, and I think it should be just paper ballot only and you required to have a USA passport because uh, I think they're going to, uh, use voter fraud again in this next election. And I think in order to stop something like that from happening, I think that's uh, something that uh, should be required as a USA passport. And I'm hoping President Trump will make that a, an executive order. Well, they're, they're mad at him about just putting the question on the, the census, if you're a citizen or not, they, that uh, they want to impeach him over that. So, uh, yeah. you know, so you, you see the remain strong, you see the lines I, I've gone to vote and I've actually, I, you know, they never asked for ID or whatnot. And, and you see the lines of, of, uh, undocumented people signing up for, um, IDs and a driver's license. And, you know, that's going to lead to voter fraud. That is for sure. I don't know if going to a paper ballot is actually going to help that much because there still could be, you know, with inside the polls, there could be, you know, getting things wrong or mistakes. Um, there is some question about... also by walking in only, too, you know, diminishing uh, the uh, the fact that, uh, let's say, if you mail in the ballot, uh, you know, that's uh, something that could be used for voter fraud is yeah. mail-in ballot. I think walk-in should be a requirement, only walk-in, USA passport, 
Uh, I agree. You know, there was there was groups out there was groups out there that was misleading uh, mail in ballots uh, voters. They were going around door to door and saying, hey, we can we can drop these off for you. You know, give us your mail in ballot. Oh, we'll fill them out for you and we'll drop them in. Uh, And it was real misleading. And there was all kinds of reports of that going on. So I agree with you. Uh, You should be able to walk in. And And it is who's who is doing the programming on these voter machines? You know, I want, yeah. you know, where are they? Are we outsourcing them? I think some of the machines were programmed from outside of this country. So that gives a little cause for concern. But I agree yeah, with you. Right, I agree yeah. with you, Edward. Good call. We're going to get on to our next subject here. So we were talking before the break. I, I teased a segment about women empowerment ruining Hollywood. And what I'm getting at that is, is there was some hullabaloo about the new Star Wars and a little bit about the, the lead female role. And we've seen it in the last year or so where actresses are demanding there's more female roles in superhero movies. Um, there was Brie Olsen, I believe was her name, that said she doesn't want white guys to, to watch Captain oh, Marvel. Oh, Brie Larson. Brie yeah. Larson. Yeah. And, you know, there there's even scenes in movies like The Avengers where it, it's supposed to be like this woman empowerment type thing where there's 50 superheroes fighting, but all of a sudden there's this one glamour shot of just the seven women fighting. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. It's kind of pushing it in our face. Comic books, you know, I'm not saying that it should be all men, um, but I believe that, you know, the actresses now are, are kind of putting men down. It should be more of a natural thing if the if the female lead fits the story and there's nothing wrong with having them be a strong female character. I think that's absolutely fine. What I don't like is it seems now that every major story, especially in the type of movies you and I watch, Todd, uh, you know, the superhero movies or the Star Wars movies. The lead has to be a female. It's almost like that is what is is kind of put in front of the screen. And even the men that are in the movie are given a substandard role. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of these roles started off as, you know, the the comic book or the book or the, the original movie. It was a male character. And then somewhere down the line, they go, well, you know, Captain Marvel and this one should be a woman. Uh, and in this one, it should be, you know, the, I've heard rumors of the new 007 being a woman. That is, the, the, the new uh, rumor, and I hope that it's not true. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Always have been over the years, Todd. But the new rumor out is that James Bond, the character of James Bond at the end of this next film, which I believe is called No Time to Die, will die and a new character, not called James Bond, which will be a woman, will take up the role of 007. Well, you know, that's my point right there. How about this? And I'm all for this. I, women empowerment all the way. How about you start a character, brand new character? Yep. And let that build up. And that can be the whole thing. Why is it that, you know, we have all these storylines that are now getting rewritten, recasted for women? And, and you know what? I'm sorry, but it's the boys that made comic books what they are and made the comic book universe movies what they are. And so why alienate them? Exactly. And in a lot of the stories that you and I have read uh, over the years, Todd, there are plenty of very strong female characters. It's not like they weren't there and they and they didn't exist. And, you know, now you're seeing some of them come into the forefront in the in the spotlight. And that's great. But it doesn't need to be, as you said, shoved in our faces. Yeah. And it's like this pop women empowerment movement, because 
I, you know, when they were talking about Captain Marvel and some of these other movies, they go, oh, first time and this and that. I go, uh, excuse me, a couple of years ago, there was Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, yeah. Years before. There's always, there's been tons of movies where the woman is the lead, where she's the hero. So, you know, that my main point of this is let's let's keep it genuine and let's not rewrite the stories to include this narrative of women empowerment. And so speaking of Noah, last night you saw the new Star Wars, correct? I did see the new Star Wars movie, Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I, I know there might be a spoiler here for anybody out there listening that doesn't want any tune spoilers. Out. Tune out right now. Tune out for the next couple of minutes. It's not a really great radio plug. Don't tune out from the yeah. station. Well, if you don't want to know, we tune out now. Hey, me and Noah are big against ruining movies. Spoilers. Yeah. So we're giving you a spoiler right now. So, Noah, is there this woman empowerment narrative in this movie? Not as heavy as I thought there was going to be, but it is still definitely present. Well, you you have the main protagonist, Ray, uh, who has been in Episode 7 and Episode 8. Interesting character. Uh, one thing that I have found in a flaw in the character, and it's been pointed out by others. So in the original Star Wars, you saw Luke. He was the, you know, the, the, the Jedi in training, and he, you saw him go through a lot of internal struggle to become the Jedi Master that he became. And so whether you're female or male, you should have to go through those same struggles. So because she's the Jedi in training and she's trying to become the next generation of Jedi Master, you should see her go through similar struggles. Going into this movie, you do not see that. You do not see any of the struggles uh, at becoming a Jedi. Maybe interpersonal struggles with uh, who she believes she is, but not as a Jedi. She's always very, very talented. Hey, it just happens because I am, uh, you know, I'm the next big thing. She might not be thinking that, but that how it is comes across on the screen. And so... Now, is it true that this was rewritten, that, that the end was rewritten in this movie to make it more about the female character than the male? That's my second point. My, my first point is, so you do see her go through struggle in this movie, but it's 30 seconds compared to like what Mark Hamill went through in the original trilogy. It's nothing. But then, yes, you also take that. Uh, it was rewritten heavily, and you can only take so much uh, information about what you read without knowing whether it's true or not. But supposedly, the other main character in the movie, Kylo Ren, uh, Ben Solo, as played by Adam Driver, was supposed to be part of the ending sequence in which, spoiler alert, tune out now, he kills the Emperor rewritten supposedly at the last minute in the last couple of months and reshot because they wanted to do more of a women empowerment type of a thing where Ray would be the one by herself to kill the emperor. And that in my mind, it was one of the things in the movie. I love the movie seven out of 10 stars. I had a hard time grasping that concept, even though she had apparently generations of Jedi giving her the strength to go forward. It was a little pushy for me. Okay, so these, but it wasn't in your face. So it, it wasn't enough for you to get turned off. Like no. Captain Marvel was a turnoff for me. That was a huge turnoff. I thought Disney, even though I did not agree with how it played out in the movie, I didn't feel like it was so much in my face. Was it apparent? Yeah, but I, I pay attention to those things. But it, it didn't turn me off. Okay. Well, you hear it there from DJ Potato Skins. The women empowerment movie isn't too bad in the Star Wars movies. Maybe it isn't some other ones, but... 
not in the Star Wars. So you can still go and see that with your family. Yeah, at seven, at seven out of ten, it's a solid film. It's the best of the Disney Star Wars movies, and uh, you can take your kids to go see it. There's not a whole lot that you know. I, I'd say if your son or your daughter is. Seven plus, maybe six plus. Uh, my personal opinion, I would have taken my kids to go see it. They're 21 now, but I would have taken them at six or seven. And it's a, it's a great ride. All right. Well, thanks for your input, Noah. Coming up, we have Bob Walters, the author of Facing Reality in America's Education. And he's going to talk about drag queens, reparations, and freedom of speech. Here on the Andrea Queso Show on 1170 AM, The Answer. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. The goal of your small business is to make money. So why do you give so much of it to the IRS? The small business tax specialists at AB Areas offer proven, proactive, performance-driven strategies so you keep more of your hard-earned money and give less to the IRS. Call Al Arias at AB Arias Company, your small business tax specialists. 619-296-2123. 619-296-2123. Online at abariasco.com. The inside story behind a Christmas song is presented by More Furniture for Less. Oh, we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Candles in the window, carols at the spirit. Yes, we need a little Christmas right this very minute. It hasn't snowed a single flurry, but Santa dear, we're in a hurry. That spirited and celebrated lyric came from the hit Broadway musical, Mame. It was first performed by the legendary actress Miss Angela Lansbury on the Broadway stage in 1966. Both the words and music to We Need a Little Christmas were written by the famed Broadway musical songwriter Mr. Jerry Herman. According to his autobiographical work, Show Tune, a memoir by Jerry Herman, the song came directly from the character's need. Annie Mame had to turn a disastrous situation into a joyous one. Annie Mame lived a luxurious life in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. She was described as a bohemian, a nonconformist, a free spirit. In this particular scene, Annie Mame has lost her fortune in the Wall Street crash of 1929. She decides that her young nephew, her two household servants, and herself need to brighten their spirits. So, they need a little Christmas now. From the Christmas Files of the MusicalSoundReview.com, I'm Francis Chick Powers. Need a little
Furniture for Less is proud to sponsor the inside stories behind America's favorite holiday songs and Christmas carols. No matter what furniture you're shopping for this holiday season, at More Furniture you can save time and save money. We're committed to give you the best furniture at the guaranteed lowest price, without exception, every day. We've been voted San Diego's best furniture store now 10 years in a row by you. More Furniture for Less. Four locations. Off Miramar Road at Milch between I-15 and the 805. In San Marcos off Highway 78 at the Las Postas exit. In El Cajon at I-8 and Johnson. And in South Bay on Sweetwater Road off the 805. Visit us online at morefurniture.com. and AM 1170, The Answer. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. This is not Andrea K. This is actually Todd James, a.k.a. DJ Carrot Six, filling in for Andrea K, who's out on assignments. Uh, we we ask you to call in at 1-888-344-1170 if you have any questions or comments. And on the phone with us right now is our regular Friday contributor, Bob Walters, author of Facing Reality in America Education. Hello, Bob. Hello. How you doing? I'm always good. And I have a feeling, you know, if anybody's low on energy right now, that after hearing some of your stories here, they might get their blood boiling in a little bit. But actually, the first one's a good one. The first one's a good one. You're going to tell us about. Go ahead. You were going to tell us about how some a couple cities push back against this drag queen story hour. Yeah, it's uh, something that the uh, LGBT group is busy trying to do, and that's to have drag queens go to the public libraries and have reading sessions to little tiny kids dressed in full drag uh, and in order to get the kids uh, comfortable around somebody that's LGBT and that the program is something they should consider in life as well. It's not about tolerance. It's about converting. Anyway, a number of cities stood up to it under the leadership of a group called Mass Resistance, which I encourage people to check out. And that in National City, near you in California, Croton in New York and in New Hampshire, in the last couple of weeks, effort was done and they stopped the, the library boards from allowing these drag queens to hold reading sessions in the public library geared for little kids five years and younger. Well, even though the whole program doesn't make sense to me, it makes as much sense as Ninja's story hour or motorcycle gang member story hour. I I don't get it at all. And it's obviously the parents that are taking the kids. There's no kid that out there goes, I want a drag queen to read me a story of Thomas the Train or whatever it is. So I think yeah. it's I think it's ridiculous. But what did these people do? How, how did they push back and get them to uh, to stop the story hours in their city? Well, mass resistance in each city got several hundred people gathered, and they went to the meeting, the uh, next public meeting of the library council that runs these libraries, and protested the continuation of this uh, LGBT program with um, these ladies uh, pretending to be girls. Anyway. Um, and they have hundreds of them doing it, and they've been very successful, and it's something that uh, I salute. I'm glad they're able to take that action. We had something similar last night that kept me up to 1.30 in the morning. That's why I'm a little tired right now. Um, in Orange, California, we won a victory. There was a charter school applying to uh, have classical education, 
instead of the regular public school education. And 540 people spoke from 7 in the morning until 1.30 at night until 1.30 in the morning. Wow. And we won. We won four votes to three. And that charter school is now going to exist and start opening. So, Well, congratulations. Now, if it's a charter school, how come they're... How come they would have to go with the, with the city? What the city says has to, you know, be taught. If they're a charter school, they can teach what they want, can't they? No, it doesn't work that way in California. You have to be approved by the local school board. Most of which in California are controlled by the teachers' union, who hates charter schools. Oh. And you have to get their majority vote in order to open the charter school in in, in that particular uh, district. So. What are some? Do you know some of the examples of what what the difference would be between classical and and contemporary? I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. In other words, they they're going to be reading about Plato and and Socrates and 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 historical figures and getting to know their thoughts and their the founding fathers, how they were thinking and how they developed their their life. And it also teaches them how to read, how to talk, and it's a classical education compared to what typically is called today just a public education public education okay and, um, yeah so it's, a, it's an option for parents to have that's the main thing we want option for parents and to have something other than just union school district yeah so, well that sound like that good was, things to learn to me uh classical education um i don't yeah. think i got enough of it myself well i went through the san diego public schools and i don't think we they ever taught on play-doh so no well, congrats! Well, congratulations on that victory. Thank you. That's a big one. Then we have, uh, we do have millions of U.S. college students still denied free speech rights, according to a report just issued by the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. It's a nonprofit group, and they found that 6.4 million students across the nation have their free speech rights restricted at institutions of higher learning, according to the December fourth report. And that's 471 colleges, uh, top colleges in the United States. So it's about 80% of all the colleges are still in the extreme bracket of restricting free speech. 80%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And most, you know, a lot of times these, it's the parents that are paying for this college, right? So you're sending, yeah, the, you're sending the kid off to this, you know, liberal institution and they're, they don't even have freedom of speech. That's crazy. I, so they can't convert ideas and, and argue debate issues. It just, it's, it's terrible. Another, another story that came up that's kind of interesting going on in colleges is slavery reparations. It's hard to believe, but the colleges are addressing more and more the need and the mandatory requirement that students contribute to um, reparations to the blacks who historically were slaves 300 years ago. And how would and they do this? With their, their tuition or... Like they would, yeah. Some schools they, they're raising tuition thirty, forty dollars a semester to save that money aside. Other times they have like Princeton Theology Seminar in New Jersey. Uh, they came up with a twenty-seven point six million dollar endowment after his historical audit revealed that some of the founders used slave labor. So the supporters of the school contributed twenty-seven million towards this effort, which doesn't make any sense to me, frankly. So if a, what if one of the if a, one of the students is mixed? They're half white and half black. Do they that, does that cancel that out? Do they get half the money? Uh, well, they, how about <laughs> and Amadi came from Jamaica, not yeah. from the U.S. Yeah, how do they? How are these students going to prove that actually? You know that their ancestors were slaves? Because I would assume that uh, there's a lot of students, white students, 
who never, no one in their family were slave owners, giving money to somebody, to a black student whose family never were slaves. Well, in the old days, there were thousands of white slaves as well that came in as indentured servants from Europe. And they, they had no freedom. But they're ignored. It's, it, it, it has a... At least what they're trying to do is address the inequities and attack the racial wealth gap between African-Americans and white Americans. And that's a poor reason to give. It excuses lack of in, of these of black Africans from doing their own effort to get ahead in life. And then there's a lot of programs helping them. But to give them reparations is, is, is the acknowledgement of something else that isn't right. It isn't fair. Well, and it's kind of it's in a, in a way it's the institution saying that you know the that they're favoring the black students over the white students. If I was a white student yeah. in a college and some of my tuition went to another student, uh, I wouldn't be too happy, and I wouldn't feel like the the college had my best interest in mind. I agree, and a lot of them are in the South. Um, the big one was University of Alabama and Virginia-led consortium. There are fifty-four universities in the southeastern states. And they're all joining together to put together millions of dollars to start giving it to the poor African blacks who were indentured hundreds of years ago, and therefore they need extra money. It's like, what? <laughs> and, and if anything, this is going to create more of a divide on the, the students on campus. I yeah, mean, it is. It, it's, this is not going to bring them together, and the black students aren't going to say, okay, I'm not mad anymore from all these years I've been taught that, you know, my ancestors were slaves and the country was built on our backs or whatnot. Oh, we got $34. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, white students, we're, we, let's be friends now. It's not going to squash any of the, this animosity that they have already towards. If anything, it'll make it worse. It will yeah, make it, it worse will. because it'll show in their minds. It'll be like, look, we were right. See, they took our side. That, that, that's, the, road good intentions is, is, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and that's where they're headed. So it's, it's a shame. Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I, I did want to try to get into trade schools and talk about how there's a trend in, in young uh, young students that would rather go in the service industry than the trade industry, rather be a barista than a welder, which I don't understand what's going on there. But we'll, we'll have to save that for next time you're on, Bob. Well, I'll be on Friday. Yeah. Fact, I'm running uh, the Friday show. You so. sure are. So everybody that's a big fan of Bob Walters, make sure you tune in on Friday, 6 p.m., because Bob will be filling in for Andrea Kay, and we can't wait for that. Thanks for being on, Bob. Bob is the author of Facing Reality in America Education, which you can get on Amazon. And believe it or not, I looked it up today. There's only one copy left on Amazon. So get it before it's gone. Thanks, Bob, for being on the Andrea Kay Show. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, coming up next, it's our Friday Fun Day segment, and also it's myself and DJ Potato Skins. We have Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Coming up here on 1170 AM, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. 
Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Purchase your copy of Facing Reality in American Education today at Amazon.com. You don't know what you don't know. Your assets don't have to be paid off to need an estate plan. Andrea Kay here. Recently recognized top San Diego attorney Rod Hatley is honest, fair, caring, and has helped so many of my friends. It's in Rod's heart to help others avoid what he experienced firsthand, a costly, devastating seven-year probate after his father's death. Don't let your assets, paid off or not, go to probate. For your free consultation, contact Rod through his website, HatleyLawGroup.com. That's H-A-T-L-E-Y LawGroup.com. HatleyLawGroup.com. A VIP club member could win mortgage or rent paid for for an entire year. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter to win by visiting TheAnswerSanDiego.com or tap the app to check out and participate in today's contest, polls, and surveys. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle, and it's here to make your life just a little bit easier. If you've been looking to add a couple of extra Benjamins to your pocketbook, look at joining the VIP club at TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Then enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle for a chance to win mortgage or rent paid for for an entire year. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes is sponsored by RWM Home Loans, competitive rates, tailored financing solutions, building a foundation for financial success. Experience the RWM Home Loans difference. Visit rwmradio.com. And don't forget to enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Across America, it's snoring season. Right now, 90 million Americans make this sound every night. Snoring can be caused by breathing through your mouth when you sleep. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Thankfully, there's mute. An ingenious Australian invention that could quiet the snoring season once and for all. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that sits inside the nose, supporting your airway and keeping it open while you sleep. You'll breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. In fact, in trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute, allowing them both a better night's sleep. Put snoring season to bed, America. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. For more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street. Stocks higher, holding most of the earning gain to close at record levels. Then the third quarter GDP final report, unchanged, 2.1%. This is we complete a record 10 years with no recession. And uh, Star Wars ignored. The market up 7% to record levels since the house began its kabuki show. And consumer spending remains very strong. Now remember the formula. More jobs means more pay, means more spending, and that spells prosperity. Boeing's test rocket launched okay today, but failed to get high enough. And Carnival Cruise up 7.5% on a solid double beat. Nike down a point, a double beat, but U.S. sales disappoint. And U.S. Steel down 11%. CarMax 7% on bad reports. Ford recalls 600,000 older cars, had to fix the brakes. Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street. 
FM 96.1 North County. And AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Well, this is not Andrea K. This is DJ Karen Sticks. Todd James filling in for Andrea K. And I hopefully. Uh, we educated you a little bit and you were entertained and informed while I was filling in. Uh, real quick, we're going to go to the phones. We have a James from La Jolla that wanted to call in and thank AK for the tickets to No Safe Spaces. James, you there? Yes, I am. Uh, thank you. I, again, I do want to thank Andrea K and KCBQ for giving my wife and I tickets to the documentary movie No Safe Spaces. I recommend the movie highly to everyone. I've read about the riots at Berkeley and a few other college campuses, but I just didn't realize how bad it was across the U.S. where it seems mob rule and violence are prevailing over reason. And I think it's really scary that so many young college students feel that a freedom of speech doesn't exist if the speech is not something that they've been indoctrinated against. But it was a great movie, a real eye-opener, and I recommend it for everybody. Well, nice. It sounds like he took good notes of the movie. Thanks for calling in, James. And we always try to hook up our audience. All right. right. Well, you guys were contestants on the great food truck race, correct? Yeah. And we're here with our third teammate, too, Tanya. Tanya, all right. Now you guys, uh, you guys came close to winning. Yeah, Rep- yeah. Representing yeah, San Diego, representing San Diego, you came runner up. Now the the it's a food truck challenge, and I watched some of it, and it's it's looked very tough. Not only are you cooking, but there was all kinds of things that you had to deal with. One of being you were on the East Coast. Um, and you had to deal with some issues of of the coldness. What were some of the things you had to deal with because of the temperature? Yeah, so the first thing we had to do every day was to source our food. So grocery shopping out there was a little different because it's not the same style of grocery stores that we have out here. So looking for certain ingredients, that was the first stage of um, some of the hurdles. But with the weather, things like our sauces would be, uh, they'd freeze up. So, like, Uh-oh. you use a canola mix of oil, it frees up overnight. So, instantly, when we start cooking the next day, everything would have to be near the flames to, you know, defrost everything. Sometimes it's like 15 degrees on our truck. So, it was actually hotter inside of the refrigerator than outside of the refrigerator. Whoa. So, we were putting a lot of things inside of the refrigerator just to keep it more thawed out than outside. Because, for example, we had a bag of ice that they gave us the first week. And the bag was still there the last week. It never, uh, <laughs> never defrosted or melted at all. One of the hardest things, Todd, was really just getting used to breathing in cold air and walking on ice. Oh, I could imagine. I saw, I saw where you you fell down, Benilia. Then you got a concussion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that makes it hard to cook. in the air. Oh, jeez. Now, uh, whose idea was it to start the uh, Leah's Olympia food truck? So that was my idea. Um, we started a catering company a few years ago here in San Diego, and we specialized in Filipino food. And we did a lot of fe- uh, public events and festivals. A chef? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I am the worker bee, and it's yes, chef, 
And Tanya's going to tell folks what lumpia is. Exactly. So for people that happen to not know what lumpia is, very simple. It's the cousin of the egg roll, amigo of the roll taco. I like it. Yeah. And and, and you guys, uh, do you do tr- traditional lumpias at Leah's Lumpia, or do you do some out of the box? Yeah, so our traditional one's called our Lola's Lumpia. Lola means grandma in Tagalog. Okay. So it's our grandma's recipe, and she started a Filipina or a lumpia company um, back in the day in, in the 70s in San Diego when she came over from the Philippines. Oh, wow. Now, do you do yeah. some non... Filipino restaurant in San Diego County. Oh, really? Yes, she did, and it was before the Instagram days and Snapchat. So we don't have pictures. That's amazing. The first one. Yeah. All right. Well, what other? He also does the other traditional lumpia, like the fresh lumpia that's not fried with a peanut sauce. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. Oh yeah. And I saw where you guys Mm -hmm. do a mac and cheese lumpia. That's yeah, not too traditional, so that was our is it? First modern fusion one. That's not traditional at all. <laughs> That's our first modern fusion one. Uh, we went with it because we wanted to mix a little bit of soul food with um, Filipino food, and then it's also I'm half black, half Filipino, so it's embodying my cultures. And then it's also vegetarian. Oh wow! So, um, yeah, so it worked out perfect, and it's our number what, one seller. With what kids. kind of sauce do you serve the mac and cheese lumpia with? So it comes with a barbecue mayo sauce. Oh, a little now bit of smokiness, talking. a little bit of creamy. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you guys won week one and two, and you got you got a, prize, a cash prize for that. And he came runner up. I mean, that was so close. You know, I would have voted for you for sure. Um, at Lumpia yeah. over the seafood guys or whatever. Well, it's a competition on money sales, and here's the shocker. Guess how much we lost by? How much? Eighteen dollars. Oh no. I would have bought yeah. I would have bought thirty dollars worth of your lumpias, but yeah. hey, you know what? Good job, you guys did a good job. I commend you. How can people find out where Lumpia uh, Leah's Lumpia food truck will be next? So you can check us out on Instagram at at Leah's Lumpia or at Hunter's Home Kitchen, and then you can check out our schedule on our website at Hunter'sHomeKitchen.com. Hunt- All right, Hunter'sHomeKitchen.com. Yeah, and if people want to watch, and the we're past- usually. We're usually in um, Oceanside Sunset Market on Thursday nights, 5 to 9, and then we're usually popped up in North Park or downtown San Diego on the weekend. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to stop by and definitely get some of that mac and cheese lumpia. You still make yeah, those? sure. We'll save one for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And one more thing real quick. If people want to watch past episodes or watch it from the beginning, the great uh, food truck race, how, how would they do that? They could either go on the Food Network app, and you can sign in through your uh, cable provider, or you can go on to Hulu, and the full season's on Hulu. Awesome. Tanya, Spencer, and Benelia, thank you so much for coming on the Andrea K Show with me hosting tonight. For sure. Thank you for having us. Take care, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, real quick, uh, we don't have that much time. We're going to go to a Hero of the Week, Stink of the Week. Uh, Skins, do you have any? I do. Hero of the Week, I got two of them. First of all, President Donald J. Trump for continuing to do the job, even though this impeachment craziness is going on. Second, director J.J. Abrams, excellent Star Wars movie. And Stink of the Week, it's got to be Nancy Pelosi. She thinks she can hold on to these articles of impeachment for as long as she possibly can. I'm sorry, Nancy, it don't work that way. Well, you stole my Stink of the Week, and since that, I'll have to go to my runner-up, Kevin Faulkner. And (laughs) and it's just because I I didn't even know this, but when President Trump came to San Diego not too long ago, he didn't even greet him. No, he did not. You know who did? The mayor of Poway. 
the mayor of Poway. Love the mayor of Poway. So, and my hero of the week is this boy who uh, mailed Dan McAllister, the tax uh, collector here in San Diego, with his Christmas list. Dan McAllister thinks he must have gotten the envelope from his parents. But I love the kid. Whoever you are, you're my hero of the week. Thank you, AK, for letting me fill in. Thank you, all the listeners. Love you guys. Till next time. Peace, Peace. out. Peace.